This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, good morning, Heidi. Good morning, Mom. We're through the holidays, end of January. Uh, kind of be kind of a hard time for people, I think. Yeah, it definitely can be. I mean, I know here on the East Coast, it's, it's dark right now, and it's getting really cold. And, you know, all the holiday decorations are down, so it, it can be kind of depressing, actually. I've got to be honest with you. And like you said, the holidays were hard, and once people are through them, and once the New Year comes... Sometimes during the New York New Year, people think, okay, maybe I'll feel better. And in the end, if they don't, I think it's really hard. Yeah. Well, you know, that's one reason that uh, I think our show is going to be great today, because um, on the show we have Ed Gray, and we've had him on before talking about his first book, The Essence of Grieving, and about his poetry after that he's written after his wife Nancy died. And if you remember, Heidi, it just really came to him. I mean, he just started doing writing poetry nonstop. And uh, and it's been pretty incredible. But what I like about this is it's healing through journaling and poetry. And this is something you can really do at this time of year, don't you think, Heidi? Oh, absolutely. I mean, expressing yourself through writing, I think, is really powerful. And and like you said, Ed is an example of how to do that. He's he's written two books: The Essence of Grieving and The Essence of Nothing. And it looks I have here that he's written over eighty tomes over the past year. Yeah. That's amazing. And what I'm going to love about this show today is he's going to give people, you people out there during this time of year, some actually journaling techniques that you can learn. And the other thing I really like about this, Heidi, is because on our website we have that place uh, called For Men Only, if you go in its hot site and hit there. And I just think sometimes men don't get into their creative aspects and and Ed's really going to talk about, he's a real man's man, and it's going to talk about how you can do this. So, Ed, we want to welcome you to the show. Well, thank welcome, you. Welcome, Ed. Thank you, Heidi. It's great to have you on from Michigan, and uh, let's get right into it. First, let's talk a little bit about Nancy, because she was quite a woman, wasn't she? Very artistic and and uh, did some she, wonderful uh, things. She very much was an artist. She had a lot of accomplishments in painting, but the, the thing that was most... Um, I think most beneficial about that aspect of her life was how creative she was. She actually taught creativity. She gave seminars, and uh, I learned through osmosis. I learned around her, and being an engineer, um, I needed creativity, and the more that I learned from her, I, f- I found the better I did in my job, and writings and stuff were just kind of a outfall of that. That's great. Well, you know, and I'm I got a nursing background, and one of the things we always said was high tech, high touch. And I don't think people realize that the more we get into this technology, the more we need to to express our creative side, especially when there's a loss. Well, talk to us a little bit about your journaling techniques because I think this is going to be important to people. How do they get into it? How do they get started? Well, the way that I got started was to base it on a book by a woman named Julie. Cameron, and the book is called The Artist's Way. And this is a book that she wrote 10, 15 years ago for artists and creative people who've developed a block of some kind, usually referred to as an artist block, but the block can happen to anybody. It can be an engineer, it can be anything. It can be a mom at home who's blocked by solving a problem or something like that. And it really, she presents a key tool 
to break that block up and to get back into people's true creative selves again, how to get back in touch with that. And it's a type of journaling that she happens to label as the morning pages. Um, people can go to that book and get lots of detail about it, but I can summarize in just a very few minutes. The journaling technique is basically getting up first thing in the morning, doing it before you do anything else. It is a stream of consciousness writing done by hand, putting a pencil or pen across the page, doing at least three pages. Um, very, very important things about this are is it's you mainly just want to get the thoughts onto the paper. It doesn't matter how you spell. It doesn't matter if you have grammar. It doesn't matter any structure. All you do is just write. And remember, he's not talking about doing it on your computer. He's talking about actually putting a pen in hand and writing because there's something about the brain when you move your hand in that direction that's kind of an amazing thing. It's like being in touch. It's like petting a cat or it's like hugging somebody. If you're in touch with your thoughts and your words, they I, I think they connect better to you. Um, but you can do anything, single words, lists, phrases, paragraphs. It really doesn't matter. It can be all on one subject or on a thousand different subjects. But I think the most important thing about this is you write it and then absolutely no one reads it. No one reads it. Uh, most of the time when I did it, I didn't even read it myself. Something that was really important, I might go back and jot down an idea that I had or something like that. But generally what this is doing is cleaning up my mind, getting it out of my mind onto the page. And the act of writing actually opens up your mind a lot more for clearer thinking, better problem solving, and more creativity. So you've written over 80 poems uh, as a result of doing this kind of technique. Do you want to read one of them for us and tell us about it? Well, let me, let me clarify just one thing. When I was doing the grieving, that was a very, very emotional time. In 15 months, I wrote almost 165 poems. Wow. Um, wow. The 80 poems that you're referring to are what's happened since my grieving has wound down. But I do have an example here of a poem that I wrote. This is one that happened during the journaling process. And the pen, I mean, the poem pretty much flowed off the page. And this was uh, a time when I felt that I was missing Nancy very badly, and it was called Really Missing Her. Before you read that, can you tell us how long it had been, just to give people a, a dateline about since... It In this particular spot, uh, the, this was the time that I missed her the most, was about a month to six weeks after her death. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. My wife's been gone for some time now, and I've become surprised. I'm missing her far more today than around the time she died. I sure felt grief that fateful day, but also was relieved. I sensed so much had lifted off. It was hard to be believed. I felt upset to watch her path of slow disintegration. While focusing on giving care, I'd felt but hid frustration. The cloud of my frustration has been fading since she'd gone, as time goes by and memories fade, it's like a brand new dawn is shining light on who she was and what she meant to me. I really miss who's gone away and what our love could be. I'm missing most, but I can't have. I long for could have been. My love is here, but she is not. What's left? Remember when. Now, in that particular case, there was a great deal of emotion involved, and sometime when the emotions are very heavy, 
and strong, the poem write, writes quickly. That particular one took me only about 10 minutes. Wow, that's amazing. And, and you know, you hadn't written poetry before this? I had done some, just, as, just for fun, uh, a few humor poems, poems as gifts for people, stuff like this. But I had a transformation um, around the time that Nancy died. Uh, my mother and father also died in the 12 months before her. So I had oh my. Uh, was doing grieving long before Nancy died. Yeah. The poetry started coming out very thick and fast. Now she had uh, was ill for some time, right? Yeah, she uh, her death uh, was caused by uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, and wow. she died over a three some uh, three and a half year period. That is is really difficult. Well, for a man, what do you say about this? Uh, you were taking care of your wife over a long term. Did you write any poetry during that time, or did you do anything to take care of yourself specifically during well, her illness? The main thing that I did to take care of myself was to um, try to do some sort of physical activity. Mm-hmm. That was probably the best break that I did. Whenever I, I have six children, and they're all nearby. So whenever someone would stop by, part of their stopping by would be to give me some time to just do something physical mm-hmm. when I was out. Mm-hmm. That, that was one of my best stress reliefs. Mm-hmm. And how about anger? Did you have any anger? I know a lot of men talk to us about at feeling anger either after or, you know. Well, at times there was, you know, anger goes by many different names. It's sometimes frustration. Sometimes it's, uh, I mean, true rage. Sometimes it's being perturbed about something. Sometimes it's flying off the handle. Anger goes by many names. So when you consider that, yes, I certainly felt it. But the the raw anger you know, crying out uh, to God for why this happened. That certainly happened, but not not too much. Now, now, do you think men have special challenges in connection with getting in touch with their emotions or getting support or asking for it? Or did you find any of that? Um, well, definitely men are challenged. I think that their um, society uh, has many, many criteria that they apply to men, I think. And, and so they, they have kind of a... Uh, image that they're supposed to maintain that they can man up, they can take it, they can deal with it, and uh, to express emotions, almost be becoming a, I mean, to a man, almost as becoming a walking dichotomy. They're not supposed to be emotional, and yet they really feel it. So how do they deal with that? Mm-hmm. And how did you deal with it? You wrote. Now. Uh, well, the most, the the thing that helped me the most was the writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of my things that. That really, uh, sometimes when I would write, I talked about doing three pages. Sometimes mm-hmm. I would do six and eight and ten. I would get going on a topic and my mind would be wanting to, well, I'll say spill my guts. And I certainly did. Uh-huh. Uh, and I got well, it well, out. And, now, and, yes. and I think one of the things that, that I read that resonated with me that I think is important to our office is you just, Start writing and don't, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just start talking about your feelings on paper because I'm the type right. of person that feels like it has to be set a certain way. And so I resist starting because I think it's going to be too much work. And like well, you're saying, it doesn't you write have about to be anything. Perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. In fact, uh, the first day that I started writing, the first thing um, I said on the paper was, I can't believe I'm doing this. This seems like a big waste of time. Why am I writing like this? How am I ever going to gain from this? I love that. That's great. And, I love but that. But eventually I did. Eventually it, I, things come out of your mind. When you get rid of all this 
words from the sensor that lives in your brain, when you get rid of all these things that saying, well, hey, you're, you're a man, you can't be sad. When you put it on the page, you're not getting rid of it. You're not becoming less of a man. You've just put it on the page. That opens up your mind a little. Yeah. And, and the I more lo- you open your mind, the better you get, you get more help you are for yourself. And I love the fact that nobody reads it. I think that's absolutely great. Now, tell us about your new book, The Essence of Nothing. So I love that, uh, the name. The first was The Essence of Grieving. How did you get to, to call it The Essence of Nothing? And then and read us uh, some poetry from it. Okay, well, there's um, a, a little tiny bit of a story because the subjects of my grieving, subjects of my writings, were, of course, oriented tremendously toward grieving. And then I, I mean, exclusively toward grieving in the first six months. And then I noticed around the holidays in 2008, which was the first Christmas after she died, I actually wrote some things that weren't about feeling sad and about grieving. I wrote other things. Well, this they became more frequent, and when the grieving process was winding down for me, I found my subjects were um, almost all non-grieving, and some were funny, some were happy, and one was a poem about nothing. I wrote a poem one day that was probably uh, eight verses uh, about nothing, and it was really interesting, and I got a very favorable response to it. Well, talking to people about how important nothing was, other subjects came up. So I ended up writing additional verses, and pretty soon the verse was I mean, the poem was 30 or 40 verses long, which is way too long. And then one of my friends said, or I should say my sister, who I was talking to, said, it sounds like it wants to be a book, or it's trying to become a book, uh-huh. and that's what happened. Mm, and like that. so I wrote, um, it's a 140-page book about the importance of nothing, and I, and I really have two things I want to read. Number one is called Nothing is Important, and it is a brief summary you know, five verses that describes why the book is important. And then I think the most important one that I'd like to read today, based on who we're talking to, who I'm talking to now, is I wrote um, the role that nothing plays in forgiveness and grieving. Okay, sounds great. So, all right, well, this is the one called Nothing is Important. Sometimes important things in life almost go undetected, and often the effects they have are far more than expected. What's often is nothing, and the many forms it takes, our living has improvements through enhancements that it makes. That nothing is what isn't seen or heard, the voids and spaces, and pauses found throughout our lives in many different places. The thought that it's important may at first seem to perplex us, until you stop and realize just how much it affects us. The many forms of nothing can seem subtle, intervening, it's commonplace and valuable, and carries special meaning. Now, for the entire book, um, when I talk about you know uh, grieving or mm-hmm. you know, a nothing relating to grieving and, and forgiveness and recovery and so forth, it's one or two verses. It's not a long, drawn-out poetry process. It's just one aspect of, of nothing. Mm-hmm. The book covers maybe eighty or ninety aspects of nothing, and every aspect is matched by a color photograph depicting what the poem is trying to say. Okay. So this is now the, the, the short verse that I wrote about forgiveness and grieving, how nothing plays a role. Um, when finally we forgive someone, we'll find uh, nothing's there. When voids arise as we release the things that caused us care, 
The same is true for grieving. When our letting go begins, a void is formed deep in our hearts. New hope and life flow in. Oh, wonderful. Well, Ed, it's been so great talking to you today. And uh, tell us, uh, Ed writes for us, and he wrote a wonderful piece at Christmas time that you're going to want to go back and look at. It's on our website, our Open to Hope website. But, Ed, tell us how people can get your book, and they can go to our website and find you there, and you've got your author page. And how else would you... Uh, and and also okay. tell them, give them your website, because I love yeah, your website. Sure. Wonderful. Well, I have... Um, there's two sites. One is called www.essenceofgrieving.com, mm-hmm. and that focuses on the Essence of Grieving book that I published about a year and a half ago and that we have talked about before. The new book is called Essence of Nothing, and the website is www.essenceofnothing.com. Now, those both of those sites are linked by an umbrella site that I have called Essence of. Great. But, you know, they they're, they can get to me in any manner they like, essenceofnothing.com or essenceofgrief.com. They'll find me there. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you again, and have a great day. Good. Thank you. Thanks, Ed. I appreciate it. Goodbye, Heidi, and goodbye, Gloria. Bye. Well, Heidi, what an interesting show today. Um, I, I love the fact that Ed's an engineer and, is, and has gone on to be so real. I mean, uh, you know, a whole different creative area. Absolutely, and I love how he, he kind of educates us and tells us how to help heal through journaling and poetry. I mean, really good ideas on how to get started doing this. Absolutely, and as we said, uh, Januarys can be tough, so we want you to uh, continue to tune in to our show and uh, come in on our site, too, and comment on Ed's articles. You can go in, and, and I'm sure he'll be glad to get back in touch with you if you comment on his articles or on any other articles on our site. So uh, please stay tuned again uh, for our show next week. We'll have a new show posted on the site on Thursdays. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, Others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.